Good evening and welcome to the Big Fight. I'm Vishnu Shom. As we get set to celebrate 75 years of India's independence, there is perhaps one question that is more important than anything else. What exactly does nationalism mean to us? Was it the same as it was or is it the same as it was when we grew up or is this India and this democracy very different from what it once was? The bedrock of our existence in India has been our democracy and our holy book has always been our constitution. Some say India's freedom index is plummeting. Pride in the nation has given way to hypernationalism. Civil liberties are routinely trashed. The freedom of press is a joke as the old India makes way for a strident Hindu Rashtra where minorities are increasingly second class citizens. Is flying a flag on Independence Day enough to make us forget this reality? On the other hand, there are those who insist that we are stronger than ever before, more secure, economically more prosperous and with a greater standing in global affairs than ever before. Which India touches your nationalism nerve? We've got a wonderful panel today. I'm going to introduce them before we get on to the first punch. That part of the show where each of the participants has one minute to make their introductory comment. So the question is this, what does nationalism mean to you? My panel has Khushbu Sundar, Yogendra Yadav, Yamani Ayer, Hindol Gupta, Dr. S.Y. Qureshi and Mohua Moitra. Moa, would you like to start this program in one minute? What does nationalism mean to you? In one word, nationalism is something that one feels. It's not something that needs to be expressed every day. I think growing up and being born in India, the pride of being Indian, I think overpowered every other feeling, every other emotion as a human being. And I think that definition of nationalism has to uh, be passed on from generation to generation. Um, I don't see that nowadays. And I, I, I think this hyper-nationalism that having to express solidarity or having to express um, symbolism all the time to prove nationalism is not the inherent visceral nationalism that we were born into where we knew we were Indians and that we were more proud of being Indians than of being anything else and we didn't need to wear it on our sleeves um, ever. I think that's the nationalism I would like to go back to and that's the nationalism that I still feel very deeply inside. Okay. Um, next up, Khushbu Sundar. In one minute, Khushbu, your uh, definition of nationalism before we start up the big fight. Go ahead, Khushbu. Hi, everyone. To me, my nationalism is about wearing me being an Indian on my sleeves. Taking every moment with pride, explaining myself is not nationalism is about. But taking pride and saying that, yes, I'm an Indian, and I have to, no two ways to explain myself of being an Indian. To me, nationalism out is about unity. To me, nationalism out about harmony. To me, nationalism out about being together, solidarity. Now, if somebody finds it difficult to express themselves as a national or as a nationalist, then I find that as very, very difficult to digest. To me, nationalism is about being a proud Indian. Swear by what you believe in as a country fellow uh, of this very, very rich and a beautiful country, what we have called India. To me, nationalism is about being an Indian. That's it. Okay. Yogendra Yadav, what, is being, what does nationalism mean to you, India at 75? What does it mean to you? 
my nationalism is the nationalism of india's freedom struggle not the thin fake uh, european variety that is being uh, presented to us today it means holding out three promises and trying to fulfill it collectively one democracy two diversity and three development making these three promises real for everyone and standing out in the world as an example of these three is what would make me proud as an indian and non fulfillment of these promises also makes me feel ashamed because there cannot be any nationalism that does not make you feel ashamed of what you are doing if you are not fulfilling what you really believe in okay hindul sen gupta what is nationalism mean to you today yes vishnu thank you um nationalism to me is very simply a deep understanding of a country a nation's history in most countries and certainly in india we had and perhaps also have today a very limited understanding of our own culture civilization and history and i don't think any nationalism of any kind can be built with a false sense of history i think there is great need for indians and in the other parts of the world for people to really understand their civilization their culture and history and to me my nationalism is built on the idea that india is a civilization it has a particular civilizational ethos it has a particular civilizational promise and in trying to fulfill that civilizational promise is the manifest destiny of indian nationalism all right dr sy qureshi go ahead sir your what is what is nationalism mean to you to me the nationalism is the pride in our constitution in our great constitution with all its values as the the great democracy india's pluralism and uh, which of course uh, is uh, go- going through a little bit of a trial but i think it's a temporary phase but the basic uh, ethos of india is uh, democratic secular and i'm sure it will survive it will survive yamani ayer uh, go ahead to me nationalism is a deep pride uh in the aspirations and emancipatory potential of democracy in the constitutional promise of equal citizenship and the possibility that india held in 1947 and still holds today despite the trials and tribulations of being an exemplar in the world of what it means to be liberal to be democratic and to create a genuinely equitable and inclusive society okay well let's uh, we've got everybody's first punch let's start up the big fight this evening my first question to khushboo sundar khushboo atiranga is beautiful it's stunning it means so much to all of us but does nationalism necessarily have to be synonymous with having to wave the flag on august 15th can't we be national and feel a sense of nationalism in our hearts without having having to wave our flag definitely not you feel at heart that you are a nationalist and that's it that matters the most you feel you're indian at heart and that the matter ends there but to me waving a national flag gives me an extra sense of pride of calling myself an indian the idea of holding a national flag we don't do it every time it's only on the 15th of august is what we are asking you to do and i think all of us as, as indians we must celebrate our independence and when i say celebrating our independence 75 years it marks a very very significant year this year as a 75 years of our independence 
So why not? Why not take a pride? Nobody is forcing it down your throat to do it. But all we are asking is a humble request to others. Take pride in holding a national flag and let's prove that we are together as Indians. We stand united no matter what. Moha Moitra, uh, the government says that, look, you know, wave our flag. It's wonderful. We have an opportunity to do it. But is it as simple as that, particularly when one hears about cases where people are told you won't get your ration unless you buy a flag? Uh, yes, um, Vishal, this, the, now the national flag, it is actually very ironic uh, that we are being told to that we must wave the national flag and if we don't do it, then we are somehow less patriotic by a government that has its roots in an organization that when the flag committee adopted the flag in July 1947, uh, the organizer, which was the RSS mouthpiece, actually said, that this is not the flag, this is not Hindu, and there are three colors on the flag which will have a very bad psychological effect on India. And when the RSS was banned after Gandhi's assassination uh, in 1949, it was only when the Home Secretary then wrote to the then head of the RSS, Gurwalkar, and threatened him saying that we would not lift the ban unless you guys accept the tricolor that they very grudgingly accepted it. Even today, we have RSS leaders walking around saying we want the Bhagwa Bhaj or whatever it is, the saffron flag as opposed to the tricolor. So I don't think they are in a very uh, sort of a pretty position of telling us uh, that the flying the flag is synonymous with patriotism. And uh, the flag for us has had a very special place in all our hearts. Uh, we fly the flag. We've always flown the flag on 15th of August on 26th January. And yes, it's a very special um, in, in independence this time, 75 years for our country. But you can't, when we've seen these videos and it's everywhere, when they first lifted the Khadi, their Khadi um, stipulation, okay. because they wanted 20 crore flags flooding the market, today you have flags where the length and the breadth ratio of the flag is not correct, the Shok Chakra is not correctly placed, the colors are not right. So this government is so caught up in its usual dhamatyabaji that they fail to understand okay. that patriotism runs more than just putting out 20 All right, Kushbu respond. Lots of points by Moa. Kushbu, go ahead and respond. No, I would like to know they have a problem. People who have a problem against the BJP and, and the Narendra Modi government, they have a problem with that or they have a problem with RSS. RSS doesn't rule the, uh, the state, I uh, mean the country. RSS is not what is ruling the country, but it's BJP and it's headed by JP Nadda. And we have a very wonderful, one of the brightest prime ministers of the, of the world, Mr. Narendra Modi heading the country. So when we give orders, he says that wave the national flag. I don't see what problem they have. So they have to be very clear whether they have a problem with RSS or they have a problem with the BJP. And I would like to remind uh, Ms. Mohan Mohitra saying that it is CPIM which did not even fly. And they said Jhuti Azadi and they did not fly national flag till 2021. So it's not about RSS alone. It's also about what the Communist Party they talk about and the communalism they talk about. It's the same. So we don't keep going back to that. We would say here the BJP is saying, here the Prime Minister is saying, Let's wave a national flag and prove our nationalism. It's not about proving what you believe in. It's about proving that we are united, we are in solidarity, and we stand united as a country fellow men, as a country, as uh, as anybody else. So I think this is what should be the motto. This is what should be the driving force, that here we are standing together, united, despite the differences. Okay. And democratically, these differences are a must. These differences should be there. Otherwise, we don't have a democratic society at all. Okay. So we are happy that we have Kushma, differences within a second. Let me get Moa to respond. Hindol also wants to come in. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Moa. Uh, uh, very quickly, Vishnu. I don't just want this to become what me and Kushma, the other panelists, uh, waiting. But I'll say this very quickly. I think it doesn't behold that 
a democratically elected prime minister of the largest democracy in the world to order its citizens to do anything, uh, to quote uh, Ms. Kushbu. I don't think that's correct, A. B, I think that it would be, it, I, I would really like to keep this on record for later to have a BJP spokesperson come out to say that the RSS doesn't run the government. It's wonderful if they could come out and say that it doesn't. I would but like them to say that to posterity too. And the third thing is that uh, when poor, when we all fly the flag, it's not about flying the flag, but this is about the BJP again, like they've hardcore drama. They, they come in and they take things which belong to the country, that belong to Indians, and somehow make it their own. And then use that to prove that the rest of us are all lesser Indians or lesser Hindus. They do it with God. You, you don't do it with flag. It does not make you anything lesser than an Indian, Mohaji. So we have no problem. This is our flag. It's not the BJP's flag. We don't need the prime minister. It's not. That's what we say. It's our flag. You have a problem saying it's a BJP flag today. So I think that's what's most important here. Hindul, go ahead. So the problem is, you think it's a BJP flag. We say it's a national flag. You think it's a BJP flag. That's where the problem is. We we request you. We humbly request you. We urge you to fly a national flag and feel proud in it. But you look at it saying that today the national flag is a BJP flag. Yes, BJP is the single largest democratic uh, elected party in the world today. But that does not mean that my other panelists are getting very upset. Hindul, go ahead. Hindul, go ahead. I may, uh, Vishnu, I don't understand. I mean, you know, countries in every part of the world and prime ministers and presidents in every part of the world urge citizens on landmark occasions to really celebrate with their own national flags. I mean, I think it's maybe there has been one stray incident somewhere of someone misbehaving with a country of nearly 1.4 billion people. I mean, my own mother, who's never said this ever to me, uh, you know, said to, to me today afternoon that, well, you know, everybody's flying the national flag. It's 75 years. Maybe we should put up one too. And this is a very simple thing. I don't know why we need to over-intellectualize it, over-complicate it. Uh, can, can there be a stray incident here and there? Of course, there'll always be a stray incident in our country. There will always be some mischief makers. There'll always be some fools. But this is, it's 75 years of our independence. I mean, what's the big deal if, if any government or any prime okay. minister urges to fly the national flag. I mean, it, it's it's all dictat. Nobody's going to go with change. Okay, no, I get the point. Uh, Yogendra Yadav, will you be flying a flag on the on, on August 15th at your home? I've always uh, respected the Indian flag always. And it's very happy, I'm extremely happy to see uh, that those who actually did not use the flag of India for the first 50 years after independence Nagpur RSS headquarters did not have a flag. Now they are getting enthusiastic and making up for what they did not do in history. I think they should be celebrated. Yes, any prime minister of any country can and should urge the citizen to fly in that flag. What's wrong with it? Uh, the only problem begins when more than a few stray incidents start taking place. Uh, mind you, the incident about Haryana, which is being talked about, it's not merely one isolated person who appeared on people. It is actually an SMS that has gone around to everyone saying, you shall not get Russian till you come out with 20 rupees and purchase the national flag. Things of this kind actually take away from the beauty of national flag. And I'm sure the Prime Minister would need to do something about it, or BJP workers, BJP leaders, officials would do something about it. Look, there cannot be any, any nationalism without some kind of symbols. Tiranga is our beloved symbol, symbol of it. And remember, when there are beautiful stories about Tiranga, uh, when during the freedom struggle, people were in jail and they wanted to create a Tiranga.
they could make green out of the green leaves and grass that they could get there. They didn't know how to create saffron. So they actually took out blood and created that color. So this is that beautiful tiranga that stands for our freedom struggle. Yes, everyone should be invited. But any attempt, even at the mildest coercion, takes away from that flag. This is something that we want to remember. The other thing that we need to know and remember is, what does this flying of Tiranga mean? Does it mean deep sense of happiness, pride in the country, in what we have done? If so, of course it's a great thing. But if it means that a certain kind of formal symbolism is taking over, anything substantive, if it means that the very positive Indian nationalism is giving way to a fake, plasticky European nationalism, then someone like me would feel very uneasy about that extent. Okay. I want to go across to Yamini uh, and just change the topic a little bit. Let's move to the core of our identity, which for many is the basis of our sense of nationalism. The fact that we could all, or we are all meant to live together in this country as equals. It doesn't matter... Uh, what religion you're at, uh, what your your sexual orientation is, what your sex is. Um, we are all Indian, right? And therefore, is your sense of nationalism affected today in India, where, for example, religious tolerance is almost invisible in so many cases? So I think just, you know, one of the pieces of the conversation that we were just having about the, the national flag around the coercion of the state uh, is a very important question, uh, issue that needs to be discussed outside of its politics, across political regimes. Uh, and through our, uh, as we have built the modern nation state, one of the big challenges has been that the, the violence of the state has often been used in coercive ways to undo the constitutional promise of equal citizenship. The use of coercion by arms of the Indian state has been a part and parcel of uh, the story of uh, Indian uh, of modern India. And in fact, it is the power of democracy that has consistently pushed back and reminded the powers that be of the Indian state that it has a promise of equal citizenship that it needs to deliver to all citizens. That's the bedrock of India, and that's the bedrock of the conversation we must be we ought to have today. And that should be the source of pride. Uh, that we bring to this very momentous moment of our 75th. Equal citizenship means uh, Article 21, equality for all, regardless of religion, creed, caste, class. That is a promise that the Indian state has not fulfilled yet. In fact, consistently and especially in recent times, we have taken many steps back towards making our identity much more of a marker than our uh, th than the promise of equality, <laughs> solidarity and fraternity, which okay. is core to our constitution and core to the modern nation. That's the challenge we sure. confront at 75. That's what we should be fighting for. So religious tolerance, caste equality, class equality, these should be the core values that we should fight for for the next 25 years as we take our Shatabdi Sankalp. Dr. Qureshi, would you agree that, you know, our, the, the glasses is, or, or is, is half empty in India's case if we are unable to achieve the true equality which we are bound uh, to seek, whether it's religious, whether it's caste, whether it's class? Well, equality is a much, much bigger issue and uh, basically uh, we have been talking of poverty, the economic inequality, 
and that is a, a problem which uh, cuts across all communities and of course uh, the government has been fighting uh, this for the last 75 years we have achieved a lot we used to have a starvation death 60 70 years ago but not anymore uh, we are uh, uh, food surplus we have uh, progressed a lot we have become an economic powerhouse and uh, all within our constraints so and I would like to mention to you the, uh, that I am 75, I am one day, one, one month older than uh, independent India. Therefore, my history and India's history the coincide. And I have uh, lived in a plural society. All people around my house, my house they, they were Hindu, they were Muslim, we lived together, we played together. But slowly, gradually, there was some shift, some uh, some migration, so which was uh, of course very disturbing. Uh, how do you I compare that India, Doctor Qureshi, with this India? Doctor Qureshi, how do you compare that India with well, what they, you see now, when the homes of minorities are bulldozed, yeah. when people are taken into police you stations know, the, and bulldozed on the basis of of having been Muslims, when they had nothing to do with protests? Vishnu, Vishnu. Yes, Vishnu, I am very optimistic because if I compare it with 1947-1948, there were millions of people who were slaughtered on both sides. And despite that, within 10 years, things got normalized. Now, if you compare it with what we saw in 47-48 to what we see today, is nothing. And I think it is just a temporary okay. aberration. And I am sure, and as I have been saying, that India is secular because Hindus are secular. 80% of Hindus are secular, which is why uh, when uh, India had the option to adopt a, a, the Hindu Rashtra in 1950, they opted unanimously for a secular constitution when 83% of the constituent assembly members were Hindus. Okay, all right, so sir. So basic ethos of, uh, I, I, of I India get, I is get secular your point, Dr. and Kurishi. it will survive. All right. Moa, are you as optimistic? Um, I'm, I mean... India at 75, there are a few things and, you know, most of the panelists have touched on this. But, um, yes, India, today the poor are definitely better off than they were in 1947. But if we look at where we should have been, there's only 40% of working age Indians who are uh, working age Indians who are employed today. Even in 2005, this number was 47%. 27% women in the workforce in 2005, today we are looking at 20%. Um, and, you know, unemployment continues to be at very frightful levels. But aside from the economics of it, if you look at India at 75, the basic social trust, which was the bedrock of our society, has broken down because citizens are turning on citizens. And I think Yamini touched on this. So this lack of unity and diversity is, fright is quite frightening. The second thing is the scientific temper. It's almost like when the top, when the top, when I mean, the upper levels of government display a complete lack of scientific temper, that percolates down. And all of a sudden, it becomes okay to say anything. You know, you can say there's no climate change, people are just getting older. You can say light lamps and clap and coronavirus grow. So there's going to be a tremendous struggle to rid us of this disease of medievalism, which has been brought on in the last 10 years by this government. So I think it, for India at, at 100, uh, not only have we got to start from where we were at 47, but it's almost like we've got to undo this disease of medievalism, this diseases, this disease of bigotry that has plagued us, and not to mention the basic bedrock of the constitution, which was federalism, which has been systematically dismantled. So okay. I think from India at 75 to India at 100, it's going to take a lot of work. 
Uh, so, of course, I'm optimistic, otherwise we wouldn't be here. But I do think that requires us all to take stock okay. of what's all happening right. and okay. take half a second. because it's not going to happen on its own. Kushbu wants to respond, so does Hindol. Kushbu, go ahead. No, there's nothing to respond to Mamaji because whatever is said and done, she's going to come back as a broken record with the same thing that there's no democracy, there's no secularism, there's no equality. I think India at 75 when the world is looking at, looking back at India. And here when we're talking about, you know, being uh, somebody as an Indian, you, you flying your national flag with a pride. Here when you have Hargar Tiranga, uh, you, you know, uh, has actually skyrocketed the national flag sales, you realize are finding it extremely difficult to uh, supply because there's so much of demand of Hargar Tiranga. I mean, on 15th August, signal and somebody is selling you one small paper flag for 50 paisa to put it on your, on your shoulders. You pick it up with a pin and you put it out and you take pride in saying that I'm an Indian just for one day. I mean, I don't see that why they have a problem in flying a national flag or just saying that, yes, I'm going to fly a national flag. It is not about anything else. India is moving forward. India is right at, at, at its best. India, the GDP growth, the way we are surplus with the food. And Kurish is upset, yes, we have been moving forward. And here when the entire uh, world is looking back at India and saying that here's one country we really, really need to be worried about is India because it's flourishing. It's progressing. I think we are on the right track and we need to move forward. 25 years down the lane when we are celebrating 100 years, I am glad that all of us will be sitting. If we are alive, we are going to be here and celebrating okay. the same 100 years with a lot of pride and say, and our children are going to be together and they are going to say that together as Indians, we take pride in carrying a national flag in our hands. So that national pride of a flag, that Taranga in our hand, Taranga in our homes. I think that is the pride we need to take it forward. Okay. This is not about this is not about any political parties. This is not about a difference between the political parties. Democratically we need to have those differences. But what to me is extremely important is this seventy five years, we together as Indians, whichever party we belong to, whichever uh, uh, politically differences we have, we put that aside. We come together as Indians and say yes and the world is going to look back at us and see us, look at us with pride and say, here is one country which is standing united. So I'm Yogi glad Yadav, to would you like to, Would you like to respond to that? That, you know, showing our flag, it's an occasion for all of us to come together. Or do you believe that this is symbolism without any substance? I mean, how can anyone disagree with wanting to fly flags, especially those who had opposed it now that they have fallen in line? The RSS, I mean. I mean, I can only welcome and celebrate it. How can I have any problem with that? I think she probably inadvertently said that the world would look back on India. That may have been inadvertent, but actually very apt. Look back at what India stood for and look at what India has arrived at. I mentioned three things. In fact, in passing, let me also say that I entirely agree with Hindal Sen Gupta when he says that you have to build a nation on its civilizational values. Uh, India has to be built on its Swadharma. And democracy, diversity and development that I spoke about represent India's Swadharma. About development, let's be honest. For the last 75 years, we have made small accretions, but our overall record is not something to be proud of. And this cuts across all the regimes. Uh, inequality in the last 25 years or so has grown rapidly. In last eight years, very brazen. On democracy, I know it will make Kushku very uncomfortable. What, what do we do, Kushku? Uh, you know, they, if, if you don't, if someone doesn't know physics and they get bad marks, you can't blame the teacher. The fact is, 
that democracy in this country today is in a very bad shape. I would not say this is the first time. Emergency was the biggest blot on India's democratic career. Today we are in a situation which is a shade worse than that. But it is diversity that concerns me most. India was diverse. India continues to be diverse. But we had an ideology of India, an idea of India, a constitution of India, which affirmed diversity, which celebrated diversity. And today, sadly, we have a regime which has, which enjoys popular backing. I would not uh, dispute that. We today have a regime that goes against this fundamental foundational idea, not only of my nation, not only of my constitution, but an idea which is inbuilt in my civilization. So as an Indian who's proud of its civilization, its culture, on which our nation is built, I feel utterly, utterly sad and ashamed of the manner in which minorities, and not just religious minorities, soon it's coming to linguistic minorities okay. as well. We think diversity is a problem. In that sense, we have reduced our nationalism, I would once again say, to a very poor pathological form of European nationalism, which Indian nationalism never was okay. and never should become. Hindur, go ahead. Let me begin by agreeing with Yogendra Yadav that India's Swadharma, as it were, includes a fundamental commitment to pluralism. You would have to be mad to disagree with that. I entirely agree with him. Let me also say, though, disagreeing with him now, that while it is true that Indian nationalism had differences with colonial nationalism, and there are many historical reasons for that, the structure of the modern Indian state after 1947 was deeply colonial in its institutions, in its framing of the arguments that it's posited to itself, uh, in the way it looked at itself, its worldview. It was a deeply, deeply entrenched colonial structure. It was colonial in every aspect, in academia, in bureaucracy, in governance. And that colonial structure lasted way beyond the time perhaps when it was perhaps in any shape or form useful. Now, this colonial structure at its very core had to be uprooted. Now, has this uprooting, the act of uprooting this, will it cause churning? Will it cause disruptions? Will it be, will some really crazy people behave in a crazy way? Of course, all that is true. There's no denying that there are problems in India, right? But fundamentally, I believe that from today onwards, the point that we've become 100 years old as a nation, as a modern nation, we will no longer be an entrenched colonial state. We will truly be, be what you know, Yogendra Yadav called uh, you know, our Swadharma. We will go back to the true ethos of our own civilization rather than adopting, borrowing in any way and in many ways maliciously using a colonial framework, a colonial pedagogy. This had to be uprooted and I think the, uproot, the process of uprooting this has been one of the most wonderful things. It actually began, I, you know, I argue always that it began with liberalization. And many, you know, many older uh, politicians don't even think that liberalization was a great thing. And I think liberalization was a wonderful thing. I think it began with that process, right? And it has continued till now. And by the time we are 100, I do believe the fundamental colonial edifice okay. of the modern nation state will go. And that will be a good thing. Yogendraji, go ahead. You respond to that. Uh, this might surprise uh, Indol, but I actually agree with you. I agree that... Uh, Colonialism in this country persisted far beyond independence, especially in matters of culture. 
the only place where I some uh, uh, I agree in state structures, in bureaucracy, I agree in our imagination of what means to be developed, uh, because our people who make our economic policy cannot, did not have the courage, have not had the courage to imagine that India can have an economic future which is different from the past of Europe. So yes, we have been colonized. Uh, the only place where we might have a disagreement is that in the last eight years, especially after BJP is coming to power, this is true and the worst <laughs> form of colonialism that we have seen. I insist we can get into a separate debate on this. No one has been more colonized than those who call themselves Hindu nationalism because it is a very, very poor copy of German nationalism. There's nothing Indian about it. It is not surprising that the day on which Gujarat government announces that they would teach Gita to every child, they also announced that they would be English media. Uh, it is not surprising that this prime minister, if there's something he's fond of, it is somehow having a jumpy with white leaders. It is embarrassing. It's cringing to see my prime minister uh, get into that kind of a forced jumpy. There's nothing more colonial than these rulers. All right. Uh, Yamini, you know, as we uh, begin to wrap this up, we are seeing a, a, a sense of hyper-nationalism being played out in social media, which is now a part of our lives. It's a part of, a life, of the lives of more than a billion people in our country. A social media which follows the trajectory of my way or the highway, where if you, uh, if you want to disagree and, it's not, then, and, and you're not following the path followed by the majority, you're immediately shut down. Is our diversity of opinion being shut down by what some want us to believe in social media? Uh, uh, Vishnu, let me just first say that I think the last few minutes of this conversation, uh, I would reframe this uh, and say that and ask whether the core values of the Constitution, the core values on the basis of which we founded the modern Indian nation state, were colonial. I do not believe that the values of democracy, that the values of secularism, pluralism, and tolerance, which are part of, uh, of, of secularism, the values of equality, the values of social justice, the value of inclusion, are in any way colonial. Those are values of what society, that a, a democratic society should aspire to. Those are values of emancipatory citizenship that we should aspire to, that we must aspire to, and that we have failed to achieve, but we must work towards as we get to 100. So I think this argument itself is, is, is taking us in a very different place. We have to ask whether we created the right kind of structures of the Indian state to be able to achieve the promise of our constitution, but I firmly and strongly believe that the values of our constitution were in no way colonial. They were the values of a progressive, imaginative, modern nation-state that's what we need to hold on to. And that goes to the question of diversity of argument, diversity of views. And a truly democratic nation believes in deliberation, diversity, agreement, and disagreement. Any kind of polarization of opinion, as we see on social media, and by the way, this is not an Indian problem, it's a global challenge, is in fact the antithesis of the values that the Indian nation stood for in 1947, the values which we celebrate on the 15th of August, the values for which we unfurl our national diranga. Let's not forget the core constitution in all our everyday political arguments. Moha? Uh, yeah, Vishnu, one of the most important things that we need to uh, 
remember is that this is not an argument about us versus them. I see the narrative here also by the BJP spokesperson saying that, you know, we are flying the flag, we are patriots, and all the rest of you on the panel are just these terrible people who don't respect the flag. And this kind of narrative is something that the BJP does very well. And I, for one, am absolutely tired of it, and I'm sure you are too. So this is not about the Tiranga and Ghar Ghar Tiranga and those of us who are, who are apparently on the other side not, not respecting the flag. That has nothing to do with it. We've had the flag on 15th of August every single day as long as I can remember. And we, we do it this year too. So and it's very special, 75 years, and we as Indians all realize how special it is and we feel it. But uh, so it's not about but this usurping of symbols. And this is something that really defines fascism, where you take a symbol and you make it your own. And anyone who doesn't exactly uh, sort of, you know, pay obeisance to the symbol in the manner in which you prescribe is suddenly deemed a traitor or unpatriotic. And that is what is defining the new India. And that is what is so scary. And this is something we must be aware of and stand up to because most of us actually get bullied into thinking, oh dear, if I don't do this and I'm going to brand, be branded a, um, a you know, an anti-national, that's not right. Yeah. We have to define what is nationalism in our okay. own heads and be with it. All right. Uh, Even if we show the narrative is those of us who are speaking against or sort of against the thing are somehow anti-national. I mean, that's fine. All right. If you are national, then you are anti-national. Kushbu, is that the way we should be as we... Talk about nationalism and our democracy or final words and then we'll wrap this up. Definitely not. Like I said at the onset of this debate, we stand united and that is how we should be. We are in a room with different opinions and that is the democracy I love about my country. This is the difference of opinions is what keeps my country going from stronger to be a more stronger uh, country in the world. And I think people who have been talking about RSS, people who have been talking about being anti-nationals, people who have been talking about that, if we don't do it, then probably we might be branded as anti-national. All I would like to tell them is, this is your country. This is your Tiranga. Fly your Tiranga high. Nobody's going to look at you differently because if you don't do it, because you are part of this country, you're part of this constitution, you're part of this beautiful soil. So continue being an Indian as you are. Difference of opinion is the basis, the, 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 the most beautiful part about a democratic country like right. India. And this difference of opinions and differences will continue. But we as Indians, how, how much ever we fight with each other, when it comes to the country, we will always stand united. And I have that faith in my fellow countrymen and my, my fellow uh, very esteemed panelists, though we belong to different parties. I think this is what is important and this is what we'll fight for. And this is one song which will continue to sing all our lives and for the for many generations to come. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about integrity. I think that's a great way of ending this program. Let's remember what we are all actually about and celebrate our diversity, which lies at the heart of any sense of nationalism, I would argue. I'd like to thank you all very much for being with us and a very happy Independence Day to all of you. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you, Vishnu. Thank you.